Test, 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 we got green lights, that's what counts.
I've enjoyed the service so far. If we can, let's take our Bible. Let's turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 2, please. Daniel, chapter number 2. And we'll flip around a little bit. It's a joy to be able to be back. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Hopefully, today, share the Word of God. If we leave here different, something changed. Looking forward to the coming of the Lord. Daniel, chapter number 2. And if we could stand for the reading of God's Word. Daniel, chapter 2, verse number 44. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, the Bible said, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For time's sake, I think that's all we'll read now. Last week, we tried to lay a foundation for the kings, the kingdoms, in anticipation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I would like to do is try to pick up, uh, briefly review a minute, and then pick up where we left off. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then you can be seated. Father, thank you for the day you blessed us with, and the people that's come. We pray for your help today. Realize without you we're nothing. Pray you take your word and feed us from your word. Help us leave here different and changed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. <coughs> All right, so <clears throat> as mentioned uh, previously, if we're going to understand the book of Daniel, and in fact any part of the Bible, there, we, we've got to understand how to rightly divide the word of truth, okay? There's, the Bible shows us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 32, Give none offense neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. The Bible gives us three different categories of people. First of all, Jews, second of all, Gentiles, and then thirdly, the church of God. And so we've got to understand that the Bible is written to one of those three people. Anytime you try to apply things that are written to the Gentiles, to the Jew, you'll have problems. Or things that are written to the Jew and to the Gentile, you'll have problems, doctrinal errors. And so we need to understand how to rightly divide the word of truth of how it relates to the Jew, the Gentile, the church of God. Now the Bible talks about the Jews in Acts chapter 7, verse number 8, and he gave some, excuse me, and he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. Where God said that Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. And those twelve patriarchs, we understand, were the children of Israel, and they are used for the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. The Bible talks about the church in John chapter 10, verse number 16, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Jesus said, another sheep I have which are not of this fold. This fold is a reference to the Jews. Other sheep is reference to the Gentiles. And what Jesus is describing is the merging of Jew and Gentile into one. The Bible said, another sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Lastly is the Gentiles. The word of God said in Luke chapter 21, verse number 24. 
and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive in all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And so the Bible talks about the trodden down of Jerusalem. And he uses the phrase times of the Gentiles. And so what the book of Daniel is dealing with is the times of the Gentiles and giving us a timeline or a time frame of how long the Jews will be trodden down. Now, there's different other elements that we could look at in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number 1, verses 1 down to verse number 6, records the fall of Judah and, and how they're overrun and they came into captivity. We understand by studying your Bible that Israel split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was known as Israel. The southern kingdom was known as Judah. The northern kingdom went into the captivity, the Assyrian captivity, and the southern kingdom went into the Babylonian captivity. All right, that being said, this is what Daniel was dealing with was these captivities. Now, the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, Daniel 7, 14, the book of Daniel focuses in on these kingdoms, the king and the kingdom. The word kingdom was found 56 times in 43 verses. Kingdoms, three times in three verses. King, 174 times in 124 verses. Kings, 14 times in 12 verses. And kings, with apostrophe S, 20 times in 20 verses. Now, that's 267 times that king or kingdom is referred to in the book of Daniel. And the whole purpose of the book of Daniel is this, is to reveal that the kingdoms of this world will one day be destroyed by God's kingdom. And Daniel chapter 2, verse number 44, which was our text verse, and in the days of these kings, in the days of these kings, is a reference to the times of the Gentiles, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. And verse number 45, For as much as thou sawest a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, clay, the silver, and the gold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're welcome. All right. I didn't know if I'd done something wrong there. I <laughs> Oh, it was. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the water. All right. Yeah, so we put together a PowerPoint. Uh, and so I think some of the images may help out for today. So they'll get that up and going. But anyhow, verse 45. Verse 45 shows us that God's kingdom will one day destroy these Gentile nation kingdoms. And God will set up his kingdom in preparation for the millennial reign. And so that's the whole purpose of the book of Daniel. And so that helps us to understand the book of Daniel. All right? I'm going to skip a whole lot, skippy, skippy. There's, um, let, let me go ahead and show you this. There's different kingdoms, five different kingdoms mentioned in the book of Daniel. Excuse me, six kingdoms mentioned in the book of Daniel. Babylon is mentioned, Media Persian, the Medo-Persian Empire, Greece, Rome, and the Antichrist kingdom. 
Now, I, I'm, I'm at the age kind of where I need glasses, don't need glasses. It's put them on, put them off. I kind of look like a turkey sometimes bobbing up and down with these things, so my apologies. But this, uh, as you see up on the screen, these are the six kingdoms mentioned in the book of Daniel. And what Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 8, Daniel 9, Daniel 11, what they all do is reveal these six kingdoms in the Word of God. Now, let's start out with Daniel chapter number 2, please. In Daniel chapter number 2, there's, there's one dream and four visions. Nebuchadnezzar has one dream, and then Daniel has four visions. And what we see in Daniel chapter number 2 is Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and it's the great image. And if we could advance some on to that, this great image is, consists of the image's head, the, consists of the image's breast and arms, Images, belly and thighs, and the images, legs and feet. In Daniel chapter number 2 and verse number 32, the Bible said the image's head, and I've highlighted the word head in my Bible, was of gold. Now it starts from the top and goes to the bottom. The head is of gold. Gold's the most precious metal in this, uh, what it's talking about here in verse 32. And then the Bible said his breast and his arms. So it starts off at its head and it goes down to the breast and the arms. Of silver, we understand that silver is not as valuable as gold. Then the Bible said in verse 32, his belly and his thighs. Belly and thighs is going down the image is of brass. Brass is not as valuable as silver and silver is not as valuable as gold which shows a deterioration in the kingdom. And then lastly, verse 33, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron, and part of clay. Iron, clay, it goes down to clay. Clay is nowhere near as valuable as gold is. And so the Bible shows us, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands. So what God has given us is an image of these Gentile kingdoms, these Gentile nations, and their deterioration. The image's head represents Babylon. The image's breast and arms represents Medo-Persia, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Medes and the Persians. That's why there's two arms. The Bible shows us that the image's belly and thighs is a representation of Greece. And then the Bible shows us in Daniel 2, 4, 40 and 42, the images, legs, and feet. Just like there was two arms, Medes and the Persians, there's two legs. The Roman Empire divided up. Then it goes down to the ten toes. The ten toes also parallels Daniel 7, the ten horns. So the statue is of gold, silver, brass, and part of iron and part of clay. And they all goes down to the ten toes. There was ten Caesars of Rome, ten rulers of Rome, the ten toes. And ultimately, in Daniel chapter 2, what we read in verse number 44 and verse 45, that stone, which represents Jesus Christ, comes and it crushes the toes of this image, and that image falls down, which is a representation of one day Jesus Christ is coming back 
to set up his millennial kingdom and all these Gentile kingdoms will collapse and during God's millennial kingdom, the Jews will be <coughs> divided back up into their land and receive their land back. They're fighting over the Gaza Strip right now. And there's a lot of complications that's going on, but yet God's going to give them their land back. <coughs> Let's go to Daniel chapter number 7 real quick. Daniel 7. And we'll start in verse number 1, Daniel 7, 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. And this was what it was of, verse 3. And four great beasts, and I've circled that in my Bible. <coughs> the Bible said four great beasts. These four great beasts are found from verse 4 down to verse number 8. First of all, verse number 4, the first was like a lion. And so we see a lion in the Bible. Verse number 5, and behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. <coughs> and if we can advance up to the next slide, it kind of gives us an image or a representation of this. Back and back to the photo. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. And then the Bible said in verse number 6, and after this beheld, and lo, another like a leopard. And then verse 7, after this I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast. Now these four beasts, they parallel with what Daniel spoke of in Daniel chapter number 2. In verse number 4, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I've held till the wings were plucked. And so when you pluck the wings of an eagle, it's, it's confined to the ground. You're taking away its strength. The eagle's the king of the air. The lion is the king of the earth. And so the Bible said that it was lifted up. Verse number 5, And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs. And so the bear raised up on one side, representing two parts, the Medo-Persian Empire. The Bible said in verse number 6, After this beheld, lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads. And then lastly, the Bible said in verse 7, after he saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dread, dread and terrible. And so what God is doing here is giving a picture or a representation of these four Gentile kingdoms, these four empires. The lion represents Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. The lion is the king of the beast. It's plucked. The Bible said in Daniel 7, 4, that it's plucked which refers to Nebuchadnezzar's humility. In Daniel 7, 4, the Bible shows us that it stood up, which refers to Nebuchadnezzar's restoration, which was seen in Daniel chapter number 4. Nebuchadnezzar was humbled, then Nebuchadnezzar was restored back to his kingdom. And you can read about that in Daniel chapter 4. We go on to the bear. The bear represents Persia, under the leadership and rule of Cyrus. Daniel chapter 7, verse 5, the bear is slow but strong. The bear is raising up on one side, which in Daniel 5, 28, represents the Medo-Persian Empire coming into power. Persia was a great military strength, and it represents that side of the bear that's raising up. 
In Daniel chapter number 8, the ram has two horns. One was higher than the other. <clears throat> Just like the bear had one side higher than the other. <clears throat> In Daniel chapter 8, the ram had one horn higher than the other. And so again, the Medo-Persians. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 6, we see the leopard. The leopard represents the Grecian rule under Alexander the Great. The leopard swift like the Grecian Empire under Alexander the Great. And then in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, this beast, it represents Roman rule under the Caesars, and it ends with the Antichrist. This beast had iron teeth. It parallels the iron legs of Daniel chapter number 2. The beast had ten horns, which represents the ten toes of Daniel chapter number 2, the ten Roman emperors in history. And so there's a lot of parallels that God's dealing with. The mouth speaking great things is what the Word of God said. Now these kingdoms, the kingdom of Antichrist, is going to be destroyed when Jesus Christ comes back. In Daniel chapter number 7, verse number 22, the Bible said this, Daniel 7, 22, Until the ancient of days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. <clears throat> Again, this is talking about Jesus Christ coming back with His saints for the millennial kingdom to set up His kingdom. He will destroy all these other kingdoms and set up His kingdom and will possess that kingdom. In Daniel 7, verse 17, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Again, the Bible's given us a reference and an explanation of what happens. Notice in verse 24, in the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And so the Bible talks about the ten horns as the ten kings. As I mentioned previously, the ten Roman emperors, the, the Roman Empire is what it's making a reference to. All right, we're going on in Daniel chapter number 8. Daniel chapter 8 gives us another vision that Daniel had. And if we can advance to that next slide and just show what that would look like in Daniel chapter number 8. Daniel chapter 8 and verse number 2, the Bible said, And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan. Shushan was the capital of Persia in the palace which is in the province of Elam and I saw in a vision I was by the river Uliah and so Daniel saw something that he describes which is a typology of these times of the Gentiles and so Nehemiah chapter 1 verse number 1 the words of Nehemiah he records this in Chislu in the 20th year as I saw Shushan the palace this is all a reference to what's taking place in Persia. The vision is of a ram. A two-horned ram represents Medo-Persian Empire. Two horns, the Medes and the Persians. All right? This ram, the leader of the ram, the Medes was Darius. The leader of the Persians was Cyrus. We could go back and read about them in Daniel 5 and Daniel chapter number 6. It was Cyrus that allowed the rebuilding of Jerusalem in the Babylonian uh, captivity. We read about that in Isaiah 44 if we had time. 
Now notice what happens uh, in Daniel chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Daniel 5, 5. Now Saul is considered, beholding he-goat. And verse number 5, this he-goat. And verse number 3, then I lifted up mine eyes, and I saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram. Notice in verse 3, a ram. Verse number 5, the he-goat. There's something that happens between these two. The one-horned he-goat represents Greece. Now, how do we know that? Daniel chapter 8, verse number 21, the Bible tells us. Daniel 8, 21, and the rough goat, which is a reference to that he-goat, is a king of Grecia. Now notice this ram in verse number 20. The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia, which was Darius and Cyrus. And so the Bible tells us and gives us the interpretation of what the ram is, of what the he-goat is. And the Bible shows us this conflict between the ram and the he-goat. The one-horned goat represents Greece, their leader is Alexander the Great. And this is what happens, that one horn, if we could go to the next image, that one horn breaks up into four different horns. And so the one horn turns into four horns. And so Alexander the Great's kingdom divided into four different areas. Thrace, Macedonia, Syria, and Egypt. Daniel 8, 8, Daniel 8, 21, and so forth. And so the Bible shows us what happens in prophecy to Alexander the Great. <coughs> the little horn of the fourth beast in Daniel 7, 8. The little horn of Daniel 8, 9. The willful king in Daniel chapter 11 are all the same thing. It's showing us that the Antichrist will come out of Syria which is a part of the old Roman Empire. All of this is showing us the setting up of the Antichrist and his kingdom. <clears throat> One day the Antichrist will stand up against the prince of princes in Daniel chapter 8, verse 25, and through his policy also shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall be destroyed many, he shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. <clears throat> There's coming a day that the Antichrist will stand up against the prince of princes, who is Jesus Christ, and just like the stone in Daniel chapter 2 broke the image and it crumbled, <clears throat> the prince of princes is going to break the Antichrist in his kingdom. Now in in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapters 1 through 3 deals with the church age. Revelation chapter 4 picks up with the rapture of the church and what happens thereafter. Revelation 4 through 19 is the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 19, Jesus Christ comes back from heaven with his saints and they have the battle of Armageddon and then Jesus Christ sets up his millennial kingdom. The Antichrist tries to mimic Jesus Christ during the tribulation period. And so what happens is the Antichrist during the tribulation period sets up his kingdom. But at the end of the tribulation period, that seven years, Jesus Christ comes back and destroys the Antichrist and his kingdom. 
When Jesus Christ does that, do you remember that phrase that started off with the times of the Gentiles? The times of the Gentiles ceases and God set up His kingdom where the Jews will take over again. Now, the Bible gives us a timeline of that in Daniel chapter number 9. Daniel chapter number 9 and verse 20. Let me point this out real quick. Daniel 9 deals with the 70 weeks. Now, the 70 weeks does not pertain to the church. The 70 weeks does not pertain to the Gentiles. The 70 weeks pertains to the Jews. So if we try to apply these 70 weeks to the church, to the Gentiles, we will not rightly divide the word of truth. We've got to understand it doesn't deal with anybody but the Jews. Now let me prove that by the word of God. Daniel chapter 9 verse 20. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin, notice this phrase, of my people Israel. Notice that. He said, my people Israel. In verse number 24, the Bible said 70 weeks, is what we'll deal with, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. In Daniel 9.20, my people is Israel. And Daniel, right in reference to that, when he said thy people, talking to God, he is talking about the Jews. These 70 weeks applies to the Jews, not the Gentiles or the church. So what is the 70 weeks? What is it talking about? This was the same year as the fall of Babylon in 538 B.C. Uh, Jeremiah 25, 11, the captivity is coming to an end. Uh, the Bible said, And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. So we, we could pretty much... Narrow down when this all of this begins. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, 70 weeks, 70 weeks, 70 weeks. What does 70 weeks represent? <clears throat> 70 times 7 is how much? How many days are in a week? 7 days in a week, 70 weeks. 70 times 7 is 490. So this is a representation of 490 years. One day equals a year. Now, how do we get a day in a year? Numbers chapter 14, verse 34, after number of the days in which he searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a year. It's not the first time in the Bible that God represents one day for a year. In Numbers chapter number 14, talking about roaming around in the wilderness for 40 years, one day, one year, the Bible's doing the same thing in Daniel chapter number 9. Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6, When thou hast accomplished them, lie again on the right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. So the Bible has shown us one day is representation of one year. So when Daniel chapter 9, verse number 24, talks about 70 weeks, he is talking about 490 weeks, excuse me, 490 years until what? The Bible said, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Thy holy city, of course, is Jerusalem to finish the transgression and make an end of 
sins. To make an end of sin. When Jesus Christ sets up his millennial kingdom, sin is over with. Sin is gone. And to make reconciliation for iniquity, so forth, so on. So the Bible says in verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks. And three score and two weeks, the street shall be built again, the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Notice verse number 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. This is where God divides 70 weeks up. And verse 25, seven weeks. Verse number 25, three score in two weeks. Now a score is 20, three score is 60. Three score and two is 62. So we have seven weeks, 62 weeks, which brings us up to 69. And then in verse 27, we have that one week. What does all that represent? The seven weeks equals 49 years. That's from 445 B.C. to 396 B.C. The going forth of the commandment was on March the 14th, 445 B.C. It marked the rebuilding of Jerusalem's walls. When you read the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is talking about the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity. The Bible has given us a prophecy all within itself that has been fulfilled. The Messiah, the Prince, was around April the 2nd, 30 A.D., Luke chapter 19. The walls of Jerusalem was rebuilt in troublous times, Nehemiah chapters 3 through 6. The seven weeks, he gives us a time frame of the 49 years of the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. Then in Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, the three score in two weeks. Three score in two weeks would equal 434 years. That's from 396 B.C. to the birth of Christ around 32 A.D. It ends with the Messiah being crucified is what the Bible is talking about, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The people of the prince is making reference to the Romans in 70 A.D. and the prince is the Antichrist in the war is making reference to the Armageddon. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, this one week, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. This one week, one week equals seven years. We know that the tribulation period lasts seven years, and he's making a reference to the Antichrist. And in the midst of the week, the tribulation period was divided up. You read the book of Revelation it talks about three and a half years of tribulation and then three and a half years of great tribulation. The seven-year tribulation, according to the book of Revelation, is divided up into three and a half years and three and a half years, 40 and two months, is what the book of Revelation called it. 40 and two months, 40 and two months, three and a half years. Daniel 9, 27, and he, talking about the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause a sacrifice and the oblation to cease. The Antichrist comes out in the middle of the tribulation period. He's arising up <coughs> from the sea and from the land. And you see that in the book of Revelation. He comes out, <coughs> out for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. 
Daniel said it's going to happen. Revelation said it's going to happen, and it will happen. If we can advance on to Daniel chapter number 11, I think I've went over it for a few minutes. Daniel chapter number 11 talks about the king of the south, king of the north. Daniel chapter 11, verse 5, and verse number 6. Daniel 11, 5, and the king of the south shall be strong when one talks about his princes. Verse number 6, the king of the north shall make an agreement. The Bible tells us who these kings are, what they represent. I said all of that to say this. We are at a time of trodden down of the Jews. This is the times of the Gentiles. I hate to be a doomsday preacher, but I'll say this. Israel will not see peace until Jesus Christ comes back. They will be in constant turmoil, conflict, and anguish until Jesus Christ destroys the kingdoms of the Gentiles and, set up, and sets up his millennial reign. I said all that to say this. What you're seeing today in Israel is just another indicator that we are nigh unto the approaching of Jesus Christ. He could come at any day any second, any minute. We are seeing prophecy fulfilled before our eyes. And Jesus could come back today. The most important question is this. If Jesus came back today, are you born again? Are you, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Is Jesus in your heart? Have you repented of your sins and put your faith and trust of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you asked God to save you? About 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed His blood that you and me could have forgiveness of sins. The Son of God became the sons of men so that sons of men could become sons of God. He came to where we were so we could go to where He's at. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you've not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you die lost without God, you'll die and go to hell. If Jesus Christ comes back in the rapture today and Jesus is not in your heart, You'll receive a strong delusion. You'll believe a lie. You will not receive Jesus Christ when the tribulation period begins. I'm telling you, the signs are before us right now. You say, prove there's a God. Prove there's a coming. Look at Israel. Look at the Bible. It's happening. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Is Jesus in your heart? Let's go ahead and stand. Father, I thank you for the day you blessed us with. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to be in church. Thank you for these fine people that are here. Lord, I pray that you take your word and deal with their hearts. Lord, I believe you're coming as soon, that you're not here. 
And if somebody's in here, if they've never accepted you as, your, as their Savior, if they've never called on you to save them, I pray you deal with their heart, draw them to you, and that they'd be saved. And God will thank you for what you do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Praise this morning is taken.